Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome, everybody, back into another episode of Equal Play. This week is... Honestly, MVP caliber because we got the WNBA Finals MVP on deck. Kalia Copper, thank you so much for joining us on Equal Play. Mm, Thanks for having me. Of course, it was a no brainer having you on the podcast. It's been a minute since we talked, which is honestly, uh, I don't know about you, but it feels a little weird for me not checking in with you guys every day. So first things first, how has it been the the first few weeks since, since winning the championship here in Chicago? Uh, it's been, it's been crazy, you know, super busy, you know, from literally, you know, winning and, um, us partying, you know, enjoying ourselves going out, um, to the parade to, you know, trying to pack up, you know, moving back to Philly and then Philly, you know, really showing out and, um, showing me love. So it's been super busy, but, um, wouldn't trade it for anything, but definitely enjoying myself before I get ready to head overseas. Yeah. You know, you talk about uh, being celebrated in Philly. Obviously you all were celebrated here, but this week you were honored at city hall in Philly. And I wonder what that experience was like for you, especially given just, you know, how much, how much pride and passion you have for your city and your roots and, and the player that they've, they've made you. Uh, it was special, you know, more special because so many young ladies came out um, that I'm able to um, inspire and for them to see themselves in me, see a, a woman that's from where they're from, look like look like them and um, doing what they're doing right now. So it was just um, really it felt really good to be able to inspire them and to see so many of them out there. But um, I'm just super grateful for the councilman, the mayor, you know, everybody, they show so much love and um, uh, overall, I'm just grateful, but it was just amazing to, to do it in, in the city. Yeah. You know, the, the point of this podcast uh, isn't necessarily about the X's and O's or, or what happens on the court. It's really, you know, I, I told James this last week on the episode I had with him, it's about just passing this wisdom on that you all share day in and day out with all of us in the media and your career specifically is just such a story of, of greatness because it's relatable. Like mm-hmm. there's so many people who, majority of people, no matter what industry they're in, success is not something that happens overnight. Of course, there's, uh, you know, these few examples of, of greatness that that seems to have sprouted overnight. But even in those instances, we're not aware of the work that goes into it. So for all of our listeners, you know, this is something you you and I have discussed before. But for all of our listeners, I just would love to hear again how your career the, the progression of your career has has made you not only a better player, obviously, but a better person as well off the court. Uh, I just think that the process that I <clears throat> that I had just 
it made me so humble. Um, it made me um, a hard worker um, and it, it taught me how to be consistent. Um, and I think that me just working hard, you know, leads to having that confidence and um, having that confidence and just seeing my game progress and see my game get so much better every single day. It's, it's rewarding. So it's like, I want so much more. So for me to continue to just bring that every single day and continue to get better and just to look back at the process, you know, that I've been through from, you know, traded to not playing, to playing a little bit, to actually playing. And, you know, when the opportunity, um, when I was granted the opportunity, I just was like, I'm never going to look back. So for it to all happen and then for this year to have accomplished, um, you know, big things in one season, um, my first all-star, um, my first uh, championship and then <laughs> to get MVP, it's like, wow. Like, you know, this was, this was a lot, but it was pretty special because just looking at any, everything that I've been through, I wouldn't, wouldn't want to change anything. Um, but, you know, this was a big year for me. So I'm just, like, I feel good, you know, just knowing that all the work that I put in, it just, it came out into fruition now. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy because at the top of the season, you talked about wanting to be an all-star, wanting to win a championship here in Chicago. And I don't know if you ever, like, outwardly said, okay, I want to be finals MVP until the very nope, end. I didn't say that. Right. You <laughs> never, you never, like spoke about that, but you accomplished all these things you set out to accomplish. And a lot of people wrote about and talked about this, this year being your breakout year, but this was not your breakout year. Those that have followed your career know that. And so I want to take it back to that 2017 trade that everybody talked about. Chicago was losing Elena and obviously you and Steph were coming here, but, but to so many sky fans, it, there was this huge question mark of, what is this team going to be like without Elena? And many people didn't know the greatness that that was on the horizon. So when you first got to Chicago, what was the energy like? Was it was it like a, a rebuild feel or or did you all already know the greatness that was was in that gym? Uh, I think we we definitely knew um, we had greatness in the gym. Um, it was about putting it all together. Um, it was about everybody coming together, you know, figuring out what they do well and what they needed to consistently bring to the team. So I think that we needed time to, to really mesh um, and to really figure things out. And, you know, we had that year um, to try to figure it out and um, – I think that James came in and um, he really shifted the culture for us um, from day one. Um, and we just started to thoroughly enjoy each other, mm -hmm. which is major. Um, outside of basketball, we just enjoyed each other, um, really loved each other. So I think that that off the court chemistry um, plays a major part into our on the court. So, um, yeah, and I just think that we just took off from there. You know, we, we always knew we had enough. Um, it was about us, you know, putting it all together. And um, I think James came in and really topped it off for us and really got us going. 
Yeah, it definitely seemed like a shift happened when James came in, just in terms of the energy. But before James, there was Amber Stocks who who made the trade that that brought you to Chicago. So what was she saying to you in your first year in Chicago? What kind of confidence did she have in you being part of this this organization in that first year? You know what? Just kudos to Amber, you know, actually, because... (laughs) Seriously, just at a GM standpoint, you know, like right. major because this was a great team. Like, you know, we had Cheyenne, we had Gabby, we had like me, Steph, you know, with the trade and like it, it's, it was a lot. But like there were pieces. It was the pieces that she, you know, she put together and um, uh, it's, it was scary, you know. And but now um, I mean, but then like Amber, you know, she just talked to me about like what, how trades really, like what they mean. It doesn't really necessarily is a bad thing. You know, um, I just found out early that I had a, I had some worth, you know, I didn't know that I'm, I'm thinking like, Hey, why couldn't it have been someone else, you know, getting traded? It's me. And they're like, don't like, don't kill yourself. You know, it's, it's, it's a good thing. Like not in a sense, it's a good thing because you have worth. Um, like, you know, like, it, yeah, it does suck, you know, leaving DC, being close to home, going to Chicago, but, uh, in the upside, you know, people see, see great things in you. Um, so, um, I, I looked at it from that standpoint and, um, it never really, um, hurt me too bad. It was, I was more hurt that I was away from my family. Right. Um, didn't really bother me about, you know, getting traded or anything. So. Yeah, I imagine it was like somewhat of a confidence boost being part of a trade that sends, you know, a league MVP like Elena, a star like Elena and brings you to that organization. So just being part of that trade, um, I think it speaks to exactly how great you are and, and the greatness that Amber knew was on the horizon for you. So when you got to Chicago you talked about your role and obviously knowing you wanted to build on your role, but a way in for you was the handshakes. So (laughs) can you share with our listeners the story of the handshakes within the Chicago sky organization? And, you know, when, when thinking about players like Sloot and Allie who, who are incredible, but maybe like a little bit more reserved, a little bit more of that like laid back veteran style. How did you go about breaking down those walls and being like, yo, we got to bring this energy. We got to, you know, get up before games. Yeah. So, you know, like coming into Chicago, sorry y'all, but they was dry. Like <laughs> they had no, they had no swag. They had no nothing. It was just dry. So I'm like, man, you know, I ain't playing. I ain't playing a lot. So I'm like, all right, let me let me do some handshakes. So I think the first year, like, it wasn't too much of bringing people outside of their comfort zone. It was more about, you know, getting a team, like, a different kind of energy, a different kind of, like, swag before the game. Mm-hmm. And um, so doing the handshakes, you know, it like, people, they, they enjoyed it, you know, Um it, like we were having fun with it. Um, so it was the first year. It was pretty cool. You know, it was brand new to everybody. Um, but, you know, we did it, you know. And then like the second year, I'm like, all right, we got to like spice it up a little <laughs> bit. Like we got to get y'all real hype. So I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm giving people a, a little something, a really like outside of their comfort zone a little bit. 
um, trying to get like everybody on the team also involved, you know, not just the starters. And, um, and then what was that? Is that, is the bubble season next? Yeah. 2020 was about, yeah. Bubble season. And then it's like, so now here I am starting and I'm like, I have to find a way to do handshakes. So I'm like, you know, we're doing like on the road now. We just like, whenever we're getting announced, we're like, it's our order. It doesn't matter if they call salute first, I'm going to go first. And I'm still going to be able to be that person for us doing handshakes or whatever. So I think this season was probably my favorite. Mm -hmm. I salute the dance. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, during uh, uh, All-Star, someone, another reporter leaned to me and she's like, did you see Salute's dance move? Like the whole little like cowboy dance move or whatever she does. I'm like, yeah, she's been doing that all year. So how did you convince Sloot to like bring more personality? Cause she has a personality. We just all don't get to see it that often. You know, so one day we were looking at handshakes, like different handshakes on this, um, like a, like YouTube or something. Yeah. And and, uh, I think it was, it was me and Diamond and we were looking at it. I'm like, yo, we got to (laughs) get this <laughs> thinking like then like she might not do this but i'm like nah she gonna do it so we, i bring her the the video whatever she's like oh my goodness i'm like listen she's like oh i'm be so nervous i'm like no nah, just go home and just keep practicing man <laughs> practice with ali like just keep practicing and she was like you know like she was just like like i'm gonna do it and i think that you know like it's it's really the small things outside of basketball that's really like major you know like she don't she could have been like nah I ain't doing that like nah right but she did it for the team like the team thoroughly enjoys seeing her outside of her comfort zone like it it gives everybody energy and I think that that energy um is important so for her to be like all right y'all I'm gonna do it like not be like a bum and be like, nah, I'm not going to do it. She was like, nah, I'm going to do it. And like, love doing it. Like, and even like Ali with our pregame chant, like when we were, we were at a place, you know, we had lost the seven and then like, we weren't doing our pregame stuff. Uh-huh. Y'all, we ain't got no swag. That's why we losing. We're just <laughs> walking out and playing the game. Like we ain't even, we just ain't even fun. So we, I I never forget, we were on our way to Indiana. We were on the bus, like practicing, like just practicing over and over and over again. It was so funny because Ali, like, yo, we're not leaving this part out. We're not leaving this part. We're doing this part. And I'm like, wow, Ali, this this really you saying this. I'm like, wow, okay. Ali said we're doing this, so we're doing it. And, you know, we we won seven straight after that. Um, Literally right after that. So I think that that was important and that was cool. It was, everything was fun. Yeah. I mean, I think that just speaks to the family dynamic y'all have on this team and had this year specifically, because, you know, from an outside perspective, a lot of people I think would look at Allie and wouldn't expect her to be the one that's getting all hyped up on, on a pregame chant or a pregame, mm-hmm. making sure that y'all get it right. So it just, it speaks to how you all came together and, and, you know, created this energy together. It wasn't just one player. And, yeah. you know, you brought up the the seven game losing streak and it's, it's interesting to look back at it now. Like 
in that moment, it was really hard. That, that was hard. Oh my God. Even as a media member, I was like, yo, they, they are not going to want to say shit to me in this post game interview. Like it just, it, it, it got, it got low for a minute there. But the interesting part from my perspective was that no matter how low it got, y'all still believed so heavy. Like there was never a time when you came into the post game and were like, this isn't working or that isn't working. You kept preaching this mentality of like, it's going to work. It's going to work. It's going to work. And then yeah. it did. It, you, it, it did. You guys kept pushing through and then obviously turned things around with, with the win streak. So, you know, looking back on that moment, how challenging was it to maintain that mentality or, or was it, was it second nature? You know, <clears throat> I, I definitely think it was it was challenging, but we never wavered because we always knew we had enough. You know, even when Ali, Candace, and we didn't have Ali, Candace, and stuff. You know, we were losing those games, and we were looking at stat sheets about like turnovers. Like in the end of the season, we start making jokes about like, yo, we were turning the ball over <laughs> twenty times. You know, like yeah, I remember like, like, like I remember. over twenty times. Like that is ridiculous. Like it's no way that we should have ever been turning the ball over 20 times or 25. And I'm like, yo, that's crazy. And like, we start, like, like I said, we start making jokes and stuff, but I'm like, yo, like we killing ourselves right now. Like it's, it's like, it's, there's no reason why we should have gave them the ball, turned it over 25 times. So in those, in that, during that seven game losing, like, we were like, yeah, like we are, we're so good. Like we're so good. And we always knew that we were that close to getting over the hump. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it was very, we had, we have sh- such strong leadership um, in our, in our locker room also, mm-hmm. who, um, especially in Candace, you know, who've been on um, another team who she won a championship, knew how, seasons go up and down and knew how things go but you know I think I think she kept our heads on straight she kept us um you know putting one foot in front of the other but at the end of the day I think we we always knew how good we were mm-hmm. always knew we had enough so it was never a question about us not being good enough it was about us figuring it out and mm-hmm. what we needed to do before we get to the semifinals and the finals, there were a couple of things I wanted to talk about during the actual season. And, you know, that one of those things is leadership. And mm-hmm. you all have talked about the, you know, the three headed monster, the three uh, veteran leaders on this team and Sloot, Allie and Candace. And obviously spending a couple years with Sloot and Allie before Candace arrived, you have experience of what this team was like without Candace. And uh-huh. you talked about, you know, Courtney is, is this lead by example, super passionate, yeah. super hardworking. And mm-hmm. Allie is, is like really relatable, you know, touches her teammates on a personal level in order to, you know, to, to be heard. And, and then Candace comes in and, and, and makes this difference in leadership. So can you speak to what, what Candace really did add to those two veteran leaders that you already had that this team really needed? You know, I think Candace has such a strong personality and, mm-hmm. you know, we, we've never had <clears throat> that leader, that direct leader, the leader who's going to call you out directly. Like, Hey, you need to do this right. This is not right. 
um, also the leader who's willing to teach. Um, um, it's, it's like having a, a, an extra coach, you know, um, it's, it's funny, but Candace literally never stops talking. Like, she's like, <laughs> yeah, we need to do this. We, need, we start doing it. She's like, mm, you're doing that wrong. You need to do it. I'm like, bruh. But like, when I tell you, I appreciate her so much. Like, I think that it's, it's so important to have, you know, the different leadership styles, but for her to consistently bring what she, what she brought for us, it was everything. Like she literally brought everything and mm-hmm. including the blueprint on how to win a championship and just keeping us calm in those moments, you know, um, just telling us like, yo, y'all are, we're good. Like, I think that that's the most important thing um, is her experience and that wisdom that she has. And I think that we're just also grateful for, her. you know, it, it's, it's obviously an, uh, an adjustment because we have such quiet leaders Mm-hmm. So we see what it what it really means and what it really is to be a leader. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's it's so good to be able to learn from her and to see how everybody um, adjusts next year and to see what everybody else brings as far as uh, at a leader standpoint. Yeah. Can you speak to how Candace has influenced you? We'll get into the game aspect, but but in the leadership aspect, because you talk a lot about how you know, quiet you are off the court. And, and James talks about how humble you are off the court and, and you're not this like boisterous, like loud necessarily the person that, that's yelling in everybody's ear. So what, what did she teach you as, as you enter this next phase of your career uh, about, you know, stepping up and being vocal when it's necessary? Do you feel more comfortable in that role now? I I definitely feel much um much more more confident um with that. And I think that she just like instilled this confidence in me and just was like like she t- texted me something the other day is like, yo, like know your worth. And it's just like, yeah, this is Candace. Like this is Candace saying know your worth, you know, <laughs> like this yeah. is not just anybody. So, you know, we were having a, we were just having a conversation about something and she's like, yo, like know your worth like and I think that what's really special is um is that she was genuinely rooting for me every single step of the way mm-hmm. you know um you know even her her winning the championship she's like like you're gonna be MVP like this is what you like this is what you do for us like you're so special like it's just it, it's so many things I could tell you so many things so many stories but I think that um, honestly, she's just elevated my elevated my game on a mentality standpoint, on a confidence standpoint, and on a maturity standpoint, mm-hmm. and just how to handle um, how to handle you know being that being that person for us, you know, being that person from you know not playing to playing to you know being that um, that player for us, the go to person for us, so. Um, she just helped me hand, handle and like manage that. And, um, and it just was amazing. Yeah. You know, your guys's friendship was, was such a cool thing to see evolve. I think for fans, um, and even for us in the media, it was, it became clear and clear how close you all were. So when she first arrived, you know, how did that friendship get established? Like, what was the first thing y'all did? Just, just the two of you as friends or, or to, to really establish that bond. So what's so crazy is like it, like the beginning of the season, first of all, she's holding this grudge against me because I am 
um, quote unquote, the only one who didn't call her and say, welcome to the sky. Okay. So I wasn't, I wasn't. Yeah. Okay. Wait, so first then, then who was, who else didn't call her? It was just me. Oh, okay. Okay. I thought you said, so she's like, so you're the only one that didn't call me. And I'm like, yo, I, I, I could have sworn I did, but maybe I didn't. How do so you forget was, to call your new teammate who is Candace wait, Because I think I like commented on something that she posted. And I was like, or I posted it on my Instagram, like, congratulations, like, welcome. She wanted a text message because she's such a princess <laughs> or a call or a phone call. So I didn't, I didn't call her. Which I'm sorry. But you know, what's even funnier is we, we didn't start, follow, we were sending each other stuff on Instagram every single day. You know, we didn't even follow each other. We were just sending each other stuff on Instagram. Yo, that's hilarious. hilarious. Like the, the memes and stuff. Yes, like memes, like funny videos, like literally every single day. What's your you all's favorite account that you were you were sending each other shit from? Uh, let me see. What was? Oh, it's this. It's like a, a, a bunch of page. Yeah. yeah, like random stuff. It's, she's funny. It's it's funny. That's that's hilarious. So then, when she got here, was there a comment exchange, or were you guys just? you know, water under the bridge and kept it moving. Like when did that friendship, you know, here in person really, really get established? Jeez, that's actually hard because it wasn't like, you know, directly from the beginning. Um, but I think maybe like, uh, maybe like a couple games in, um, she just really like, like she took me out of her wing early on, but then she was like, no, like, you're going to be, you're going to be that for us. And I'm like, mm, sure. I'm like, okay. And I think that we just connected. We like, we literally, like once we connected, we were like, we were locked in. Mm-hmm. We was just locked in. The team has talked a lot about this like moment, this shift that happened after y'all beat Dallas, that there was this just intense feeling of we're going to do this. We're going to, we're going to get to the finals. We're going to win a championship. But right before that, you guys, uh, it, there was like some, there was some adversity you guys had to address and, and face before the, the playoffs even began. So mm. right before, you know, that game against Dallas, I think it was the Vegas game. And then you ended the season with, with the fever. How did you guys come together in that moment to be like, okay, this is this we got to get this shit straight before, before the playoffs or how would you think it was, that moment? It was, it was easy. Um, because we knew like we were so ready to let go of the regular season. It was so much like we were so done with the regular season. We we're like, yo, we're about to be a totally different team right now. Like I, I love the fact that, you know, we had those single elimination games because our sense of urgency hit the roof mm-hmm. and when we play with fire under our butts, we are a totally different team. Mm-hmm. And I think that going into the playoffs, we were just so, so glad to, what? We were just so glad to let that go. Mm-hmm. And um, we let the regular season go and we knew we had a clean slate. So we were like, okay, like we're good. And mm-hmm. then we just went to those single elimination games like super serious. Like our sense of urgency was crazy. So um, that was the best thing for us. You know, you guys always talk about 
the family dynamic on this team and credit James for creating that. And, you know, we don't really get to witness his personality too much. We don't see him Mm -hmm. the way y'all see him. And one moment during the season that y'all talk about as just him being relentless was during the Olympic break. So I wonder if you could break down for us a little bit, how intense James got during that Olympic break, you know, series of practices. Did did you talk to him about it? Did did you ask him? You know what? I asked him a couple times and he was just kind of like, he was just kind of reserved about it of like, oh yeah, we're practicing every day. Like, oh yeah, we're going hard in practice. Like he never elaborated on that. about it after the fact like right now when you talked to him last week did you ask him about olympic break no i should you want me to text him right now i'll text him (laughs) yeah you should you should have asked him about that because i want to know what he thought about it but like when i tell you he hit another gear another level like you know day one you know we thought it was gonna be we was gonna ease into it this man said one-on-one full court (laughs) we said what I said, nah, no way, no way, no way. Candace looking all crazy. <laughs> all the old people looking crazy. Even the young people looking crazy. We like, nah, he ain't serious. He like, yo, let's go. Like, I'm like, oh, he's serious. Come on, let's go. And so like, who, every, who were you one on one against in full court? Like, who did you all match up against? In this, in I this? was with Don. We played a lot of one on one during um during during the break. Like okay. it was it really got our competitiveness like really going. Um mm-hmm. we were like getting after it, like for real. Wrapping up, just got a few more questions for you. But you know, you you wrote a uh an article in the Players Tribune recently and you conclude it with let's run it back. I don't know if those are your exact words, but you hold on, let me pull it up. Yeah. You say, Are y'all ready for another <laughs> run at this thing? And and hit it hit everybody with those question marks, and so I just wonder what what exactly you meant by that, Kalia. Can you share with us? <laughs> ah, that's funny. You're you're great at your job. Amazing, amazing. <laughs> um, you know, I was just saying, like, I don't know. I was just saying for real. Let's run it back. But you know, free agency and all that. Got to go through that, get through that. Which brings me to my next question. I know you and I have, have joked multiple times about what this free agency period is going to bring for you, but what's been the best piece of advice you've received about free agency and how to approach free agency after a monumental season like you just had that's clearly going to impact the way teams come at you? Uh, I've just been told that just, um, you know, just take your time. Um, it's, it's no rush um, to just, you know, not close yourself off to anything. Just enjoy it for that matter, you know. Um, you know, last year, agency, I was I was restricted. So now I guess I have um, it's a little different this time um, mm-hmm. off having a great season and off being an unrestricted free agent. So um, just to just to approach it, you know open and just see what's out there, you know? Mm -hmm. You know, I talked to Wade about it and he said straight up that when you think about the Chicago sky, you think about Kalia Copper now and what a priority it's going to be 
for him as the general manager to, to bring you back to Chicago. So in your exit interview, um, you know, in conversations since the season ended, what can you share with us about, you know, the likelihood of you returning to Chicago? Um, Chicago is like my second home. First of all, it, it reminds me so much of Philly. Um, and you know, it's a quick flight home, easy, easy flight. So great place. You know, I love my teammates, love my coaches. It wouldn't be hard for me to come back at all. So Mm -hmm. I just want to make that point, but, um, you know, I just want to talk to the general manager. (laughs) (laughs) Well, free agency opens up in January. So it's going to be a busy time for all of us. And, before we wrap things up here, that exit interview with James, how does it go after winning a championship? What was that conversation like before, you know, leaving the team, leaving Chicago? What did you guys talk about, you know, as this season came to an end? Well, we just talked about the season, you know, the ups and downs of it. Um, let's talk about me, how I evolved, how I grew through the season. And um, just what it's going to take to, you know, continue to elevate. And um, that was pretty much it. Yeah. When you talk about how you continue to elevate, how how do you do that? Like you've accomplished so much this year. So what's the priority for you next? Defense, our defensive team that I thought I should have been on. But um, that's the next thing for me, you know. I take pride in playing both sides of the ball. So uh, getting on an all-defensive team and then, you know, working the way up, maybe defensive player of the year, maybe. Listen, I mean, Kalia's obviously queen of manifestation. She manifested everything that she got this year. She spoke it into existence and, and worked it into existence. And next up for you, you're going overseas uh, to play in Spain. So nice. what's going to be a focus for you while you are playing overseas? Anything that, that you want to change about your game, improve about your game or focus on during your overseas uh, season? Oh, I'm trying to be a better passer. Uh, I want to be a better passer and I'm trying to um, consistently shoot the three. Um, well, I think that that's major for me making decisions uh, with the ball. Um, if I'm able to be a better passer, um, that's going to change a lot of things. And if I'm hitting the three consistently, then I'm putting you in closeout situations. So uh, I think that that's major um, for me to continue to grow. Definitely, definitely. And you know what? Before we hang this call up, we have to address the picture, the moment um, between you and Sophie Cunningham. You and I, again, have talked about this before. And and you said, you know, this is this is basketball. It's not more than that. But I wonder, you know, that moment, what what it brings to the league, what it brings to two teams when when you have a moment like that, that goes viral. Like, does it does it create a rivalry? Does it create? Any, like, animosity between players, or is it just a moment? No, it's it's not a moment, you know. Uh, I want a championship, so, you know, those things happen. We need to start embracing it, you know, uh, letting us be passionate, letting us be feisty. Uh, Yeah, it happened, but it's over. Um, No rivalry, none of that. Just playing basketball with a little passion. There you go. Well, Kalia, I appreciate your time as always. It's great to catch up. I know it's been a minute since since we've talked. 
y'all are, you know, hopefully enjoying some time off and it won't be too long till I'm back bugging you all about what's next. Is it going to (laughs) be Chicago? Is it going to be somewhere else? We'll see. But as always, I appreciate your time. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.